Hello and welcome to the Astrology Oddcast. Next week, I'm thinking of doing this live, which might be nice because I'll probably let myself breathe and be very aware that there's an audience. When I do this recording, I want to just get everything out. And I also find it really irritating when I can hear other people's mouths on podcasts. So I try not to do that, which means I end up like dying because I don't breathe. There must be some kind of how to breathe for podcasters blog somewhere. <laughs> if anyone could give me any tips on how to breathe, that would be great. Right now, I'm just going to take a moment. <laughs> um, but also, I think that doing a live podcast recording would be super cool, really fun. It could lead to some real life podcasts, getting guests, getting everyone involved. I want community. I love community. I'm I'm teaching Learn to Read a Birth Chart in a week this week. And we had the Q&A last night. It's just so cool. I just love it. I love watching people interact, make friends, everyone falling in love with astrology, people asking questions, getting curious. It's so good. I do, I do love a beginner, you know. And I also love the advanced people, geeks, whatever you want to be, the fellow uh, astrology aficionado. Is that how you say the the pro who's like, oh, my solar return has the sun in the seventh house conjunct what planet are we going to give jupiter let's let's give the sun uranus sun jupiter conjunction uranus popped in as he does just to make things unpredictable um anyway i digress so whether you're a beginner or not welcome what we do in this pod this weekly pod is ramble a bit and chat about the week <laughs> and this week it's kind of placid we've got the moon in capricorn right now and then obviously she'll move into Aquarius on Pisces and then Aries for the eclipse. Um, the aspects, there's not a lot going on. There is Venus sextile Saturn on Freitag, which is Friday. Oh, look, I'm a week ahead. Let's go back a week. Other than that, we've got Moon doing this and that. Moon opposition Mars, Moon trying Mercury, Moon. The, the Moon always meets everything all the time. But I find the lunar aspects fairly boring because there's not much to say because they're just always rotating quite quickly but you do get a vibe of the days and the weeks as we plod along so here we are with the moon in Capricorn I kind of like that I'm getting work done it feels like a long time since last week <laughs> I feel like I, I got all the podcast equipment out just now and was like god it feels like ages since I've done this and I, I wouldn't have thought it was only a week so I don't know why maybe because that full moon was just huge and took over and then you have this release and everything feels so fresh and new after a full moon I always find so here we are in a new phase we've got the sun conjunct Jupiter so as I speak it is 222 well it was when I cast the chart it's now 229 and the sun is at 22 oh wow look at that would you look at that would you look at that that I'm going to screenshot this and then oops come back and put this in the pod in the Instagram when I share it because the sun is at 22 degrees and 22 minutes of Aries and I cast the chart at 2.22 p.m. and 18 seconds, which is a shame because that, that was also really nearly two, 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 all the twos. If you're going to talk about your angel numbers, that's about partnership, togetherness and artistic creativity various other things. Jupiter's at 21 degrees and 54 minutes. So Jupiter also is nearly at 22. They met last night in the UK at 11-ish p.m., just after 11, or earlier today, 
if you are in Europe <laughs> earlier on the 12th. Either way, they're, they're very close and they've started a new cycle. It happens every year. Jupiter takes a year, 12 years to do an orbit and one year per sign roughly although he'll retrograde in and out a few times sometimes so it it feels like for instance jupiter ingressed into pisces three times and then back out and here we are now with jupiter in aries and everybody's like wow it's gonna be so good it is the best day of your life and it is. Sun Jupiter is lovely. Every month we have a moon Jupiter, which is also lovely. I, I, I'd probably talk about that. I would like to think I, I speak about that when I make the pod. And But also, you, you always have to take into consideration the other aspects, I think. And because Chiron is still conjunct the Sun and Jupiter, it wasn't just your classic Sun Jupiter. Yes, the Sun and Jupiter have started a new cycle. That's great. And it's energizing, enthusiastic. And I'm here with my new ideas being like, oh, let's do the community. And I'm feeling motivated to work. I've got quite good energy level today. Yeah, th there is an optimism. There is a definite sun Jupiter. But we have been bashed around the head with Chiron for the past week, 10 days, maybe even month, because Jupiter and Chiron are still very, very close. So only five degrees apart. And, and therefore, he's still there. And Chiron is the wounded healer. And Jupiter has been expanding that and healing that and showing us what needs to be done. So it's not just all self and new beginnings and bish bash bosh, let's go. It's also bish bash bosh, let's go, but have you, are you okay, hun? <laughs> like what happened? If, if you, I was reading cycles earlier, oh my God, it's absolutely pissing it down as I um, record this. But if I, if you've got cycles, which is my moon journal, I was reading what I wrote for the 6th of April and here's what I wrote. Aries is concerned with self, but when confronted with Chiron, we have to look at our identity wounds. What is it about ourselves that is irreconcilably broken? What is it that hurts and cannot be helped? Chiron's pain means he is compassionate and understanding, but he was kind, wise and brilliant before he was wounded by poison that he could not antidote. What does this teach us? That life is unfair, but there is always more to learn and share. Jupiter, the benevolent teacher, is always turning the heat up and showing us what hurts and needs to be healed. The moon in Libra reflects back these issues with a startling brightness. The Libra moon cultivates peace. At this full moon, we want harmony, but at what cost? Where have you been people-pleasing, accommodating, adapting, fitting in, wanting to be accepted and experiencing a lack of harmony because you have been seeking harmony and I've ended the sentence there, but I would say I would add to that because you've been seeking harmony at any cost or at any price. Diplomacy is a great skill and has its place. However, at this full moon, we are called back to ourselves, to the peace and truth that resides in standing firm as we are in alignment with our own imperfections. To find balance, we must release codependent behaviours that keep us trapped whilst we con constantly scan our environment for feedback and positive reinforcement. With Venus close to Uranus in Taurus, it's possible to change what we consider valuable in relationships, to do a U-turn, release the old dynamics and experience the lightness that goes hand in hand without the burden of speculation about those who cannot emotionally regulate. I mean, that's brilliant, <laughs> even though I say it myself. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, I really experienced that at the full moon and uh, not so much over last week. It's just been really, really interesting. That 
the experience of self and other and being overly adapting and completely denying the needs of the self and then having that imbalance reflected back with the savage full moon clarity. I don't know how it was for you. And <laughs> do let me know. I'm sorry for always doing that accent. <laughs> maybe one day I'll stop. I doubt it, but maybe. You know, Venus is in Gemini and I'm rising Gemini and doing accents is something I'm quite good at, quite good at impressions. And yeah, my Italian accent's good as well, even though I'm not actually that good at Italian, but my accent's good. So for like a minute, 30 seconds, I can seem like I'm Italian. And then they realize I've got like terrible vocab and they're like, what's wrong with this bitch? <laughs> why? Why is she speaking like she's stupid? And then I'd be like, sorry, I'm English. And they're like, oh, but you're called Francesca. I mean, yep. <laughs> why? I don't know. My parents. Anyway, there we are. There we are, drinking my uh, ginger tea because I've got no tap water. I mean, I've got no bottled, filtered water left. So now I'm left with tap, which is utterly repulsive. I've got used to not drinking it. I can't believe how gross it is. It smells like swimming pool. Anyway, I've already I've already covered tap water in my podcast. Probably won't be the last time. So the sun, Jupiter. Yeah, everyone's, and I, you know, okay, let's, let's do this. I think that, you know, when I first started doing astrology on Instagram and there would be like crazy yoga teachers and people who didn't do astrology wanting to join in and that's cool you know everyone wants to join in but I remember reading once the cancer moon is in Scorpio this weekend I was like right <laughs> you know you can't have a moon in cancer and Scorpio that's not possible you, you have it in one or the other and you'd read some crazy stuff online and it was all it was obviously crazy what we've got now is a point where people are much more fluent there's a there's a lot more lingo out there and people know what a chasm is and they know that I don't know whatever other astrological terminology and it's used with fluency and people are very very articulate but they're still not like necessarily that good frankly <laughs> if I'm going to be frank and so what we're seeing now is really, really convincing astrology that's not always accurate. And I was listening to a brilliant guy last week and he was saying, look, just because something's online and someone's got a big following doesn't mean that it's right. And it's so true. It's, and it's, it's really true. And, you know, that that applies to me as well. Of course, just because I'm saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Obviously, even though I am a Sag, so it probably is. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just, you know, bear it in mind. Bear it in mind that not everything you hear is true, of course. And astrology is an, is an intuitive art and we're all reading and we're all interpreting and we're all channeling. And can you ever question something that's channeled? Because if it's channeled, then it must be right, obviously. I just think that I didn't personally get that excited about the Sun-Jupiter conjunction because Chiron's still there and it's been fresh. It's been fresh. Uh, a a Sun-Jupiter conjunction on its own would be so buoyant and such enthusiasm and, and like fantastic. And it is, don't get me wrong, it, like it is. It's lucky. It, it, when Jupiter's involved, you feel good, you expect good things, and therefore law of attraction applies and the universe meets you where you're at. But also with Chiron there, that it is deeper. It is deeper and more profound. It's 
It's not just getting the goodies. It's also getting something that has inspired you to want to do things differently. What is it now that means you want a better relationship with yourself? What happened and what has informed this Sun-Jupiter conjunction so that now you're going forward thinking, yes, I'm going I'm to do this. But, the, but there's still like a little spice, I think. Okay, so that's where we are. I'm still on Wednesday. Venus is now in Gemini and she trined Pluto. It's been, for me at least, I'm enjoying this air trine and wanting to write more and dig in deeper. Substack is taking over. I don't know if you've joined my Substack yet. I wrote about Chiron yesterday um, because I, you know, I really was feeling it and had some insight and wanted to just wanted to share about the myth of Chiron. Also, because I'm teaching learn to read your birth chart, I'm in teaching mode, so I wanted to share a little bit of myth. So I wrote the story, and that's there on the Substack. I'm moving a lot of my archive over there, mainly because I'm doing my new website, and it's just a lot easier to move everything to Substack than to like put it all onto a new website and blogs and all this. It's it's very easy because it just has a nice copy paste function. It's like, boom, gone, done. So I love that. I love that for all of us to so get involved with Substack. Jessica Adams says it's the new Twitter, which may be cool. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? I, I really love writing and I used to love writing on Instagram and now you have to make bloody videos and do your makeup. It would be great if Pluto and Aquarius took us to this place of words um and and extended concentration spans instead of just all having like anxiety from being on our phones too much and reading all these short things and getting stuck watching videos and the videos are great I mean I love the comedy videos so much <laughs> but then I get stuck on my phone watching comedy videos or dog videos look I'm wrapped look this is Venus and Gemini can you see how much chattier I am I am this week because of uh, the Venus and Gemini also I've become aware of how I do just slow my speak too quickly so i'm trying to slow myself down okay where are we what a date is it it's the 12th it's the 12th tomorrow's the 13th and what does this mean for for us well not loads actually not a lot i don't think we've still got the sun jupiter la 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 people are feeling buoyant and energized moons in capricorn she will then head for aquarius where she will meet pluto interesting interesting for crypto interesting for finances loving bitcoin's moves so much and that was another thing actually i was thinking yesterday when i was driving is venus in gemini trying to pluto um was a bit of a boost for crypto venus moving into gemini was a boost for crypto which unexpected actually um didn't used to love gemini but i think it's because pluto is now in aquarius and it there was that harmonious aspect between venus value forming the aspect to Pluto and Aquarius. Pluto is wealth. Aquarius is technology. Boom, boom, boom. Up it went. Real good leg up. So I thought that was really curious. I'll just pass that information on. And then if we look at Thursday, yeah, we've still got um, Mercury and Uranus in Taurus. Just It's just fine. It's just a fine day. The only interesting thing is, is Venus coming to square Saturn which is probably never that fun. And I think the moon conjunct Pluto, Thursday's always a big news day. So that's what made me think about finance because th there might be some kind of move. I don't know. I'm not following it that closely, but I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some interesting financial revelation tomorrow that potentially wasn't great because Venus is forming a challenging aspect to Saturn. 
Now, that's kind of good for us because Venus can be scattered, particularly when she's in Gemini and we want to do a million things and talk to too many people and I just can't stop talking. <laughs> and we are creative. We want to write. We want to share. We want to network. We want to get out there. Saturn says, okay, but first do you work or put your phone on airplane mode for a few hours or anything like that where you're limiting and controlling yourself. And with Gemini obviously being the monkey mind and getting lost in space and being easily distracted, Saturn in Pisces says, do the bloody meditation for goodness sake, or don't have a coffee or just hold back on the things that overstimulate you so that you feel calm. Because Gemini, if it is highlighted in your chart, can just make someone very scattered, very unfocused, very mindless and nervous. And it's just not great to feel like that. So I know because I've got rising Gemini and therefore I'm very, very into this. I think it's an important topic to keep people calm. Not everybody is as highly strung as a Gemini stellium, frankly. And I do think if you've got that, if you've got that gift, if you do have three or more planets in Gemini, then you then use it, communicate, get out there, be in the world. Don't try and force yourself to sit behind a desk because... It's not what you're made for. And we've all got to do what we're made for. We're all made for something. And that's the beauty of astrology because it shows you who you are, where you're at, and how you can live that truth. And then we progress through the weekend. It's quite airy. It's quite light. It's quite sociable. On Saturday, the moon will be in Aquarius. And then we'll move into Pisces later that evening where it meets Saturn. That'd be curious. <laughs> don't drink too much but quite fun spiritual get to yoga have a lovely time it's all I think it's all very sociable and quite easy we've got the sun conjunct Jupiter there's still good energy levels but Mercury stations retrograde on the 21st so we're not there yet no need to talk about it yet really but be aware that the energy is slowing down getting a bit sticky and maybe some of those retrograde things are already going to be happening if you subscribe to that maybe you don't subscribe to Mercury retrograde and you're like it's fine it's all going to be good the energy is definitely changing gear. We have the eclipse on the 20th or the 19th, depending where you are in the world. And that's going to be heating up. It's an eclipse at the final degree of Aries. I am shaking my head as I look at the chart because this is just so intense. Again, this is one of the things when I was writing cycles, I was like, what the hell? Actually, the chart of the moment has the MC at 29 Sag and the IC at 29 Gemini as well. It's actually rising 29 degrees Pisces. This chart, I've got 512. What time does this book think the eclipse is at? Tell me when you think the eclipse is at. It doesn't tell me. Oh, 1213. Oh, so that actually has the angles at zero. Isn't that interesting? depends when you when you're reading a chart and you're looking at when the eclipse is so they're, they're at 29 degrees and 50 minutes at 18 minutes uh, 12 minutes past and 13 minutes past so I don't know how they calculate obviously they've got more precise technology I don't think I can I can move it seconds but yeah the either way the angles are either at the very final degrees of the zodiac or the very beginning degrees of the zodiac and this is absolute fresh start energy. It, 29 degrees of Aries is a bit of a savage degree. It's quite aggressive. It's it's 29 degrees. You've probably heard me speak about 29 degrees being very intense. 
And with it being Aries, it's extremely feisty. There is an urgency to get something done, like more urgent than I am to get my words out. Like this is so desperate to speak, to do, to run, like get out my way. This isn't impatience that's beyond a normal level of impatience. This is brusque, you know, like this is aggressive and you will shove people out the way. This is like the little child at school who always snatched the toys off other people and everyone was like, you know, why are you like that? So <laughs> it's interesting and it's an eclipse for all of us. All of us have got this degree in our chart and it's been activated and it's like, what are you going to do? In cycles, I described it as, you know, if you want to go and play on the adventure playground, if you want to go, you have to take the risk that there are going to be those bigger boys around who are just a bit, you know, careless and you just have to deal with that because we do we have to go out into the world and the, all sorts of people are out there and we've got to cope and and thrive not just cope we've got to thrive and so let me get what I wrote in cycles it comes with zeal determination fierce competition haste enthusiasm impatience sharpness and anger we will be confronted with the conflict of wanting to win needing to win but somehow having to balance these motivations with our need for harmonious and heartfelt connection I don't know where I got the heartfelt connection from. I don't know. I don't know where I can see that in the chart. I can't see it in the chart. I'm lying. <laughs> um, perhaps I think because Mars, the planet that rules Aries, is in Cancer. And Cancer wants nurturance and togetherness. And we also have the South Node in Scorpio, which doesn't indicate that. So I'll ignore that. I don't know what wants togetherness togetherness i don't see it i don't see this at all this is this is just such a strong portal and like i want to have things launched so here we are now it's it's wednesday the 12th and by next week the 19th i i want to have a lot out there because mercury's going retrograde and this is a time to kind of be independent if you think about aries being the first sign of the zodiac it's an extremely independent sign and we also have support from what have we got what aspects is there to the moon well jupiter is conjunct so that's like think big and go for it the eclipse is actually next week's news but i'm talking about it now because it's big news isn't it There's, this eclipse at 29 degrees the final degree of aries is like drum roll bum, 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 bum. and i think because we've already got sun and jupiter in Aries, it's like, God, are you starting? Are you changing? Are you going to put your best foot forward? Or are you just going to do the same? Because don't forget that this eclipse is also square to Pluto. This is a revolution and it's a personal revolution. Personal because Aries is the sign of self. It's about you. Are you getting with the times? And are you changing things up? And are you ready? Are you ready to move forwards? And are you ready to think differently? Or are you just going to stay the same? You're going to struggle if you want to stay the same. Really, because the world's changing, everything's changing and whatever goes on out there, I don't know, I can't predict that, you know, earth, the earth and nature tends to react and have a correspondence with the universe. And when the universe sets a big gong, like boom, you know, dinner's ready, then normally we will see something in the natural world or at least politically so get ready for that because you're going to feel it. You're going to be feeling it. If you're listening to this podcast, 
you know, if you're listening to it Wednesday, Thursday, probably not. But as we get over the weekend, this is coming and the sun Jupiter is there. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to throw out? What do you want to make space for? I always find personally around eclipses and full moons, particularly the full moon. I'm like, right, let's put stuff in the bin. I don't know how I spend so much time putting stuff in the bin and always have more to put in the bin. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure a lot of you relate to that. It's just a never ending. I need to clear out vibe. The sun will move into Taurus on Thursday. But again, that's next, next week's news. But I kind of need to overlap because I make the podcast on Wednesday and you know, Wednesday, Thursday are such big energies that people will be talking about it next week. You know, it's, it's it needs to be mentioned now. So general vibe then, if I just were to summarize without referring to astrology and boring you with the details, I know some of you like the details, but if, we, if I am just an overview, it's pretty chill in as much as there's not loads of Mars square Plutos or, you know, when I first started making this podcast of like three massive conjunctions a week, there was just so much going on. Whereas now we've got Mercury heading for Uranus. When does Mercury meet Uranus? Oh, Mercury's slowing down. Mercury doesn't meet Uranus. (laughs) Sorry, Heidi, leave that in. And you can leave this in as well. Um, yeah, because Mercury is getting to 15, Uranus is at 17, so they're so close. So it's like, oh, the zany ideas are nearly here. But then he retrogrades back to five degrees, then where he stations, then he will come forwards and probably won't meet Uranus for bloody ages then. I imagine that will be, I could get you the date, actually. Let's have a look. If I go forward a month, it's still not that. And oh, then we've gone way past it. Mercury meets Uranus on June the 5th. So if I were to summarize this week for you without going into all the detail, I'd say is is exciting times. We've got the sun in Aries, Jupiter in Aries. Chiron is is being left behind. So we've learned some of those lessons. We're moving to, through the intensity of Aries, which is a sign associated with self. And we are being asked to really think about what we want to do and how we're going to put our best foot forward, ready for this eclipse which is at the final degree of Aries and it is square to Pluto. It is a personal revolution. Personal because Aries is a sign associated with self. It's about you. Revolution because Pluto's involved. It's an out of sign square, but it's big. It's really big and we're going to see it in the world and we might see it in nature because these energies will reverberate through the cosmos and they will be felt in your personal life, in your emotions, in your in the experiences, in the political headlines, in maybe natural world events. This will not just pass through your consciousness without you realizing. This is huge. It's a massive reset. And you might want to clear out, but also you might want to begin. Now, Mercury, because he's in this pre-retrograde phase, I think whatever we begin is open to edits, open to amend. It's like, don't lock the document. Don't seal, don't finish, because you're going to want to change things. Um, When we get through the Mercury retrograde, you might realize more practical elements. You had this visionary idea with the sun and Jupiter in Aries, but we've got to get practical. We've got to get serious about things and, and just be, okay, financially savvy. Mercury in Taurus keep things simple don't waffle on mercury and taurus um be yeah be be quite grounded 
and just look at the mundane instead of the idea and the big vision bring it down bring it down but be that be that sensible voice that everybody needs and so that's this week for me if i think about this week i think okay let's let's crack on just plod on do you work with the moon and Capricorn, moon and Aquarius, have some ideas, maybe try and do some socializing over the weekend when we have the moon in Aquarius and Venus and Gemini. It's super social. You want to catch up with people and like have a chat, get ideas from other people. You know, it's not a day to just, or it's not a time to just be doing things on your own and plodding along. There's so much air. There's so much networky, inspirational, community led. And we are very community led now because Pluto's in Aquarius, and then it's getting intense. It's like super focused, hyper focused. What are you going to do? Where are you going? Let's make it happen. And I think that's exciting. It's like lighting the touch, you know, there's the touch paper, what watching flames kick off. Don't overstress yourself. Please look after yourself. Mars is in cancer. Nurture, nurture, nurture. Get the massage. Eat the healthy food. Take time to cook. Don't rush through everything. Don't be hasty particularly not of the eclipse, but we'll talk about that more next week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope Heidi enjoyed editing it <laughs> because I definitely, halfway through, was like, oh, uh, repeat myself. So yes. And next week then, maybe before the eclipse, because we are in this community-led eclipse with Pluto and Aquarius, we will do some kind of community-led um pod where people are here and there's a Q&A but I want to get my community launched by next week uh long shot but I mean if there's ever a sky to do it this was it this is it it's kind of now or never because soon it'll be summer and no one will want to work or do anything whereas here I feel like there is an astrological attention span that is is ripe people want to learn about astrology next week and we also want to connect so let's do it let's make that happen keep your eyes peeled have a read of my Substack if you want to learn about Chiron and the the wounded healer. He's a fantastic, a fantastic bit of astrological symbolism that isn't massively understood. We'd only discovered in 1977, so there's not loads to be read about Chiron. But working with Chiron's energy and symbolism and charts over the past few years has been really, really illuminating. And I believe that's all. I will be doing a vision boarding event online. So you can get involved with that if you want. Keep your eyes peeled and see you next week and maybe have you here with me. Maybe this time next week I'll be opening this out to the audience and we'll get some questions in. See you then and thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.